Welcome back to Everything EOS, the longest running EOS podcast. Before we get started, a huge shout out to every single person out there that watched, liked, commented on our last video last week. Oh, yeah. It was our most viewed video that we've ever had. And a huge shout out to Zach as well for doing all of the research and making that episode possible. But we got another banger for you this week. So buckle up, get ready for another episode of Everything EOS. And if you want to join along, if you want to be a part of that Everything EOS team, hashtag Team EOS, head over to everythingeos.io, get your merch like this hat and so much more it really does go to helping out the show helping us to continue to make good content like this so zach what's going on this week before we kick this one off rob i want to dedicate this episode to a, a very special person in my twitter life okay. so last week's episode we we dedicated to mike dudas now do you want to tell the story of what what mikey did the last week of why we did that and then i'll kind of oh. uh, explain this dedication yeah, Mike and uh, some other people have been coming out and saying some pretty uh, interesting things about EOS. Quite obviously FUD, things that have been debunked for a long time, but he's sort of jumping on that anti-EOS train and uh, it's very interesting to see. So I liked the dedication last week. That was very appropriate. And thank you, Mike Dudas, for making that our most watched episode. Mm -hmm. Maybe we got a little of that energy from him. It, it, it just kind of makes me, it bothers me a little bit because he, he's from the block. There's supposed to be this uh, unbiased crypto research journalist company and he's completely ignorant to the facts and, and just exactly what's going on around him. Not, nothing we said last week wasn't backed by fact and, and that's what we're going to do again today. But to get into the dedication, uh, this episode is going to be dedicated to the Peter McCormick from the What Bitcoin Did podcast, <laughs> because on our, he actually uh, jumped into my tweet last week, which had over 120 likes, plenty of retweets, Woo! and Peter McCormick took notice. Thanks, Peter, for watching. Um, I enjoy your work. I hope you enjoy mine. You should pay attention. But unfortunately for you, your credibility is now dead. So I would like to just say RIP to your dead credibility, homie. This one's for you. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. Yo. Madness, he has got more to offer. Wow, I didn't know that this was everything savage. That was just so savage. Ooh, Peter McCormick. The cream will rise to the top. And that's exactly <laughs> what's going to happen in 2019. Shout out to Peter, RIP your credibility. You can bring it back though, <laughs> come on. Watch some episodes of Everything EOS. We got lots of good content. We can help educate you on what is really happening in the EOS ecosystem. So much good news. And speaking of good news, we got a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline today. Uh, we had a new sneak peek or a preview from Dmail and all of the Dmail social media profiles have launched. So if you're new, you're joining it for the first time, Dmail is email on EOS that allows you to securely and privately communicate with any other EOS account soon, other actual traditional email accounts and so much more. But the preview is out now. You can follow us on Twitter at dmail.co. That's dmail, D-O-T-C-O. Check it out, pretty cool update. And following along with that, we have some pretty big news from EOS NameService as well. It's not new names this time, that's coming in the next update, which will be very, very soon. But we actually now accept fiat. 
So yes, FedCoin, USD, whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it, we accept that now at eosnameservice.io for both the custom names and a newly added 12-character name option. So if you just want a normal 12-character account name for 99 cents, you can buy it in the browser on your phone, on your computer, without scatter, without anything. You can buy it right there with PayPal, Venmo, credit card, or debit card, wherever you are in the world. So we're super excited about that, and hopefully it will be a way to onboard more people into the EOS ecosystem. And I just want to mention uh, one last reminder. There is uh, an event coming up next week in San Francisco, the EOS World Expo. You, you can get information at eosworldexpo.com. Uh, myself and Peter Kay will be there representing everything EOS. And we've been, been getting a lot of questions about this EOS developer tutorial series that we've been secretly working on over the last couple yeah. months. And I just want to let everyone know the very first people to access the developer tutorial series will be those in attendance at the EOS World Expo. We will have promo Ooh. codes printed out. We will be giving them away. That'll be the only way to see the developer series. We want your feedback uh, before we go live with them. So I encourage you guys all to ask about it while you're there. Everything EOS and our sponsor Cypherglass want to give you access to the knowledge you need to build great projects on EOSIO. But there's a lot to learn. JSX, React, Node, C++, the EOS libraries for EOSJS and C++, Diffuse, Scatter.js, and more. That's why we're bringing you the Everything EOS Developer Courses. In the first course, which runs parallel to Block One's official online text tutorial, we're bringing you hours of video content to help you set up your development environments, learn basic concepts, code and test the smart contract, and build and deploy the front end. From zero knowledge to an app, in one course. We've got extensive code alongs and down-to-earth explanations, so I hope you'll join us this month for the first Everything EOS developer course. Um, I'm super excited about the event. Uh, today, Mythical Games and D-Goods just put out a tweet just reminding everyone that they're going to be there, and I am nice. super, super excited. Um, so there might actually be people who don't know who Mythical Games is, Rob, since you know we picked up a, a large audience last week that hopefully will be tuning in again this week. What's up, Peter? Uh, and why don't, why don't you uh, introduce Mythical for everybody who do, who's not aware of their backgrounds and where they come from? Yeah, so a lot of people don't know there's this billion dollar DAP fund that Block One put up that's dedicated to funding a billion dollars worth of investments into DAPs that are building on EOS. And Mythical Games is a game company made up of previous executives from massive gaming companies like Activision Blizzard and so many others. They've worked on Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, these huge, huge, just mega blockbuster titles that you all know and love and have played probably like myself, um, they are actually now building games on EOS, and Blankos is their very first game that's coming out later this year with everything, your characters, the items in the games, the weapons, everything that you use being tokenized on EOS. So Mythical Games is uh, sort of that first company that's come out and said, hey, not only are we building games on EOS, but we are building AAA, super high quality games on EOS, and I cannot wait to see what Blankos is like later this year. You're one of the rare people that actually got to uh, play Blancos at the South by Southwest Expo. And yeah. from everything it looks like, from everything you've said, th this could be like a Minecraft level game in the making. And I, I can't wait to see it uh, later this year. But one of the things that makes Mythical so great is they've been leading the charge on the D Goods Initiative, which is the NFT standard on EOS IO. Another fact about Mythical Games is they were invested in by Mike Novogratz and the EOS VC Galaxy Digital Fund. And just this week, they made another investment into a gaming company who plans to, to uh, 
facilitate NFTs on EOSIO. Yeah, so this is super exciting and kind of went under the radar, but LucidSight has raised $6 million from the Galaxy EOS VC fund and a number of other partners. And LucidSight is actually a company that's built games in crypto before, but they've built it on Ethereum. And if any of you have heard of MLB Crypto Baseball at MLBCryptoBaseball.com, they now have sort of rebranded it to MLB Champions. It's an officially licensed product from the Major League Baseball uh, sort of empire that we have here in the US. Baseball is a very popular sport, you know, tens of millions of people people watching this, watching the World Series, even around the world. Um, but now, because of this EOSVC investment, it looks like they're going to be building other games, building their MLB champions on EOS potentially, and moving a lot of their stuff over to EOS and supporting that NFT, those sort of non-fungible tokens, that unique token ecosystem. And it's likely that because Novogratz and Galaxy Digital mm -hmm. have invested in mythical games, who have been so good in bringing out dgoods at dgoods.org, which is that digital goods standard on EOS, that they'll likely use dgoods as well. It just makes sense, it saves them time, it allows them to easily integrate all of their assets into wallets and exchanges just sort of automatically just by using that standard. So I'm super excited to see what happens. If you go to MLBCryptoBaseball.com, you can see the platform that exists right now on Ethereum, same company, LucidSight Inc. And because every EOS VC investment mm -hmm. as part of that billion dollar DAP fund, there's, there's only one requirement. And that requirement is that part of their project builds on EOS or EOSIO software. And it that, that sort of says to me, hey, maybe MLB Crypto Baseball, MLB Champions, will actually be moving to EOS and taking advantage of the, the low transaction fees, the high speed, all the other things that we know and love about EOS. So super exciting, another major company coming over to EOS and uh, hopefully building more games as well. Yeah, and the other thing that has me excited about it, so not only are uh, the Lucid Sight team building um, the, the, the MLB game, and they, they are licensed by Major League Baseball. So there's a huge yeah. audience in there. So if only a small, small percentage play the game, that's still onboarding a lot of people in, into crypto. But they're also uh, using this funding to continue development on what's called the Scarcity Engine, which is going to be a software development tool that'll help bridge the gap between blockchain and traditional gaming platforms. Now, if you've been following our work here on Everything EOS, I hope you uh, had a time to tune into the Everything EOS series with the Liquid Dapps team and the Dapp Network. And what they are doing is they're building a layer on top of EOS and eventually over top of other blockchains to facilitate inter blockchain communication. And what it's going to do is it allows unlimited RAM, unlimited near limitless scalability. And Tal Mascal, the CTO of Liquid Dapps, who built the Dapp network, gave the example of where he sees this going in the future. And one of the examples he gave was a shared gaming engine or gaming logic stored on the, their, their storage uh, IPFS VRAM based system so that other game developers can build on the same gaming engine without trusting each other. It makes huh. so much sense because we, we talk about these NFTs and they're great, but most games up until this point are only putting the digital items on the blockchain, but the actual gaming logic and gaming uh, engines are, are off chain. But what uh, the DAP network is going to allow is because it's so cheap and because it's still scalable, you could put everything on chain essentially, including wow. the game logic and the game engine. So you, you could imagine all of these different development teams 
collaborating in a way where they're using the same NFTs or the same digital items across different games, and they don't have to worry about the other teams cheating or making the items easier to get on their game than on the other game. And that's what I think we're going to see with this scarcity engine and more, more gaming engines in the future. So I am wow. super, super excited for that. But we're, we're not done with the good news before we get into the, uh, the, the really, really good news in a little bit here. Yeah, Nat. A quick note on that as well, if people aren't familiar with Unity, Unity is one of the, the biggest game engines that exists out there today and powers an insane amount of games, essentially brings the barrier to entry much, much lower for game developers who actually want to build a game, release a game, publish a game, sell a game, ultimately. And hopefully this engine will accomplish the same thing in bringing that barrier much, much lower down to the same bar as if you're just building a normal game, but now you can integrate with their scarcity engine, integrate with EOS, have all of your items tokenized oh, yeah. and get a, a, sort of take advantage of that additional layer that additional network effect. So cannot wait to see what happens there. And I think, you know, to your point, the scarcity engine may actually be the biggest news coming out of that funding announcement, not just the MLB crypto baseball and the other games that they're working on. So can't wait to see how that develops. So we've, we've been talking about the wallet and digital signatures for a long, long time here, Rob. La last night, uh, today's Wednesday, we're recording this. Tuesday night, yeah. EOS IO Labs was announced along with the uh, Universal Authenticator Library. You want to introduce all of that to everybody and unpack that? Absolutely. So EOSIO Labs is a new sort of venture from Block One, and it can be best sort of summed up and described as the research and development arm of Block One. These are, you know, sometimes experimental, maybe really early stage projects, uh, generally software related, that they're sort of releasing to the EOSIO community and saying, hey guys, here's what we're working on. You know, add your code to it. Let us know what you want us to change in the code. And it should result in some pretty cool things. So the first example that we got is related to authentication and ultimately related to Block One's hardware wallet that uses that secure Enclave chip that's already in your iPhone and potentially other devices as well, like the Samsung Galaxy S10. So let me just read a uh, quote here about the universal Authenticator Library, or UAL, which they say, the best way to achieve optimized wallet usability is to enable the free market to operate efficiently. Users must be able to vote for the best user experience with their choice of authenticator. This user choice will be the engine that drives rapid improvements to the blockchain user experience, and a unifying tool like the Universal Authenticator Library will do just that. Help developers drive adoption of their applications with a simplified and familiar transaction signing experience and reduce friction for users so that they have the freedom to use the wallet of their choice. And if we go back to what Dan was saying in Telegram, you know, he's been so, so much more communicative recently, which is an amazing thing to see, and I hope that continues. He was sort of talking about, you know, their initial goal for the wallet was to create a wallet that was super easy to use. It's a way for people to onboard that official Block One wallet. But when they started to look at all of the community implementation, you know, Scatter, EOS Lynx, Token Pilot, Math Wallet, Nova Wallet, Meet One, all of these different wallets that exist, I think they realized that if they came out and said, hey, here's the official Block One wallet, here it is, they would very quickly, you know, and potentially kill off a lot of those community implementations that people have spent so much time, energy, and resources building and improving over the last, you know, nine, 10 months of the EOS mainnet launch. 
So instead of coming out and just releasing that, Block One has instead decided to open source all of their work on their hardware wallet, on this universal authentication library, to essentially make it super easy for starting out developers to just integrate with all of these different wallets. So with just a few lines of code, you can pop it into your dApp, you can accept transactions from Scatter, from EOS Links, from TokenPocket, from all of these different people, and sort of let the users decide. And ultimately, which they sort of alluded to in their blog post, this will also include code for that hardware wallet, for the secure Enclave chip that exists in every single iPhone since Touch ID was introduced more than five years ago. So super excited for that. And uh, I cannot wait to see where all of that goes and see what else they release between now and June in this code library. And you know, if you're out there, you're thinking, huh, Universal Library, this is interesting. Haven't we heard of something like this before? The answer is yes. It was another community-driven implementation created by EOS New York called Transit. And the Transit API's goal was essentially to do just this, to bundle all of the different authentication packages into one to make it super easy for developers to integrate with a bunch of wallets with just a few lines of code instead of having to go out and specifically integrate with every single wallet implementation. So it looks like the EOS New York guys may have contributed to this in some way. Maybe Block One got some ideas from them. But a huge shout out to them for getting this started and another huge shout out to Block One for driving this forward and continuing to improve. And what I like so much about this implementation is that Block One is also trying to set standards when it comes to uh, user interface and user experience or UI and UX. They're not just saying, hey, here's the code. We want you to go out and sort of, you know, good luck implementing this into your app. We'll, we'll sort of let you design it on your own. They're also including optional UI and UX standards to make it super familiar, super easy for users. Anytime they log into a dApp, they know exactly what's going on. They've seen the, seen the same flow before and uh, make dApps easier to use for everyone, which I think will be an amazing thing for the overall ecosystem. So I, I'm, I am super, super excited uh, about the code that they released. I have not had a chance to dig into it myself, but I'm also excited for what's to come. But one of the most exciting things for me was how they, they um, kind of critiqued the term wallet and how wallet is potentially misleading for, for most users, especially for someone outside of the blockchain space, because it's not actually always meant to transfer value or tokens. Uh, you want to kind of dive into that real quick before we get into the next topic? Yeah, and they provided a pretty good quote to, to sort of explain this. And they say, to that end, the term wallet is potentially misleading if the user's intention was to authenticate with a service or to sign a transaction. Since traditional wallets functioned as a place to store tokens, the blockchain community adopted the term wallet in the early stages of its development. However, as the industry focus gradually shifted towards the utility of blockchain applications, storing tokens became less of a focus compared to using applications and more as a byproduct of utility. All right, so on that note, we're gonna change gears here and we're gonna get into what everyone's been looking forward to and that is we are going to build on top of all of this government and block one collaboration that, that we opened up this can of worms on last week. We are going to build on that and it's only going to be based on pure facts and evidence. And if you don't believe it from the graphics I'm gonna overlay on your screen, all of the links will be in the description below. So in, in case anyone missed last week, let me just pull up something that Dan has said recently. So la last week on Telegram, Dan said, Trump's advisors know about Block One. 
everyone in DC wants to talk to us. And then we, we made another web of connections. So Brock Pierce, one of the founding partners of Block One, he, he's no longer affiliated with the company, but he is building on EOS. But he and Brendan Bloomer have a history with Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon is the former chief strategist of Donald Trump, and he was also a campaign manager. We mentioned Mick Mulvaney, who was just uh, appointed to the new chief of staff uh, this past December on the Trump administration, and he is an absolute Bitcoin and blockchain bull. And don't forget Peter Thiel, who has visited many times Trump in the White mm -hmm. House when he has these different tech panels. He brings in Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey and all these mm -hmm. big tech figures. And Peter Thiel, who also just recently participated in an investment round in Block mm -hmm. One, first investor in Facebook, still has a seat on the board. Very influ influential guy, both in the tech scene, the VC scene, uh, but also the political scene. So pretty interesting, all these connections coming together. Not, not only is, on, is he on the Facebook board and a bunch of other boards, he's on a lot of government boards also, like, like for security. So, so the connections are there. So if anyone has the ear of at least the Republican Party, and I don't want to make this political and say this is all Republican versus Democrat, but the most obvious connections I was able to find are, are with the Republican Party and through the, the names we mentioned. To lead me into the next topic of conversation is something Dan actually just said on Telegram this morning. So someone asked him in Telegram, they said, can we see USA 2020 election vote on blockchain EOS? And Dan's, an yeah. Dan's answer was, I hope at least a parallel election is carried out on EOSIO. So that, that makes sense, right? Because they're, they're not just going to, to test this out randomly and hope it works. Like it, it, you got to transition into the new technology. So doing it in parallel would make an excellent test case of the new technology. But what I found interesting was this isn't the first time Dan and uh, blockchain election voting ha has, has been talked about before. Far, far from it. Um, Dan has had his sights set on this project since at least 2015. Um, as a matter of fact, he has a, he has a patent on a blockchain-based election system. Oh, wow. It was filed October 20th, 2015. Okay. So I, I went back, I, I knew about this project. It was called Follow My Vote. And their initial plan, they did a Kickstarter campaign in 2016. Hmm. And on their Kickstarter page, I'll put this graphic up for everyone to see. It says 2016 parallel presidential election. Key keywords there, parallel. Their goal was to use their blockchain-based voting system, which could be run from a mobile phone, and they wanted wow. to use it in parallel during the 2016 election. They ended up running out of time and out of money. But the fact of the matter is this. Dan is included on this patent. So there's two other gentlemen's names on the patent, and Dan's is third, uh, which means typically he's the, the, the lowest contributor. Usually they're put in order of uh, hierarchy on the, on, on the patent. But what was interesting was the second name on the patent, Nathan Hort. So Nathan Hort is not a stranger to EOS. Not, not a lot of people probably know who this guy is, but last week we went to a time machine, Rob. We went to a time machine all the way back to January 2018. 
I, oh, yeah. I, th I, I think we got to get back in that time machine, but we're going to go really far back. We're going to go all the way back to April 5th, 2017. Ooh, okay. Let's do it. Before the EOS ICO, before yeah. anyone even heard about it, because they announced it at Consensus in May. The very first, very, very first commit to the EOS IO repo was from none other than Nathan Hort. Really? As a matter of fact, between April 5th, 2017 and June 3rd, 2017, the only two contributors to the EOS IO code repo were Daniel Larimer and Nathan Hort. Wow. So does that mean that, does he still work at block one? Is with those his only commits? I mean, what's the association there? So huh. uh, from, from my digging, it, it seems like he is still in Blacksburg, Virginia. He still uh, commits code to BitShares or mostly to the graphene piece of BitShares, let's just say, which is shared with EOS. So you could say he's committing to the EOS code as well. So he, he, he's still a very valuable piece and undoubtedly close to Dan Larimer. So we'll, we'll, we'll get back in the time machine, get closer to the present, but not too close to the present because there was actually another time that Dan uh, brought up this follow my vote patent. Um, so going back to August 9th, 2018, in the main EOS Telegram channel, Dan said just randomly one day, those interested in secure voting, dot, 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 and he linked to his own patent. Wow. So you, you got to follow the trail here of, of what's been on Dan's mind. Like Dan has a grand vision of things. And yeah, Mios is hopefully going to change the game of social media and data privacy, but he has a much bigger vision that, than that. And it, it, it's to change everything. Like don't trust anything, verify it, put it all on a blockchain, transparency, extreme transparency. And one of his initiatives going back all the way to 2015 when he filed this patent was a blockchain based electronic voting system. Wow. That is super exciting. I mean, one of the reasons why so many people, particularly young people, are sort of apathetic when it comes to voting for, you know, the new president, whatever it is, senators, congressmen, all these different elections we have, but particularly the presidential election, one of the reasons why so few people vote is because you just don't know if your vote counts. You know, we assume here in the US, we have this very uh, democratic system. We assume that everybody is counting the votes accurately. They're not sort of inputting their bias on it and saying, oh, I'm gonna count that for the Democrats when it should be a vote for the Republicans or vice versa. But the truth is we really don't know. When you go to the ballot box and you either, you know, use a paper ballot and punch a, a hole through it and then give it to the person or you use an electronic voting system where you have a little chip or a little card rather that you slide into the machine and then it beeps and you take it out and you hand it to the person. From that point on, you don't know what's happening. You don't know if they're properly recording your vote. You don't know if they're recording your vote at all. And putting all of this on a blockchain would dramatically, it would effectively remove all of that uncertainty. I mean, from your phone, if you can not only vote, maybe use your biometric ID or your government ID or whatever it is, make it easier, more accessible for people to vote so you don't have to wait in line at, a, at your local middle school to actually cast your ballot. But it would also provide that verifiability factor where you can go in and say, okay, they did count my vote properly. Oh, look, I can see a live tally of all of the votes that are happening that... in the country at one time. That would just, I feel like that would take 
voter apathy to a new low and voter engagement to a new high, which would do wonders for, I think, pretty much any government that had that happen. Engaged citizens, you know, would result in a much better government system. So clearly this, uh, so it makes everything more verifiable. And I, I love what you said about the live election results. How cool would that be? Would Even if this software is running in parallel, so these votes don't actually count for the election, but it's still a data feed. It's a live yeah. data feed that could be presented on the news on every single channel in real time. You could see where the votes are going. And rather than me explain to you or Rob explain to you all of the merits of this, why don't we go back to this 2016 trailer video from the Kickstarter campaign from Follow My Vote, which we know that Dan Larimer was a part of. The software he's developing from his office at the Virginia Tech Corporate Research Center, Follow My Vote, is designed to make elections more transparent, more open and honest, he says, than they are right now. There really is no transparency. There is no way for an average voter to independently verify the results of an election. And I saw that as a big problem and one that we could, we could actually fix. His solution, online voting using what's called blockchain technology. It's a new way of storing data in an irreversible way. It's really a network of computers that process data transactions like votes and store them in a way that they're publicly verifiable. A voter is verified by taking a picture of himself and his ID before casting his vote to ensure he's actually registered. The voter is then given a randomly generated voting key, which will be attached to his actual vote. His personal information is never public. The information is stored in a decentralized database instead of a single location. So clearly it, it sounds like a great idea, right? I don't think anyone would argue the merits of it. It's just whether or not it, we're, we're, we're technologically capable of doing this. And this team at Follow My Vote were almost there for the 2016 election. And since then, they've gotten an even more scalable blockchain than BitShares, and they've yeah. had by 2020, four more years to develop it, at least three leading up to today. But Rob, what kind of person would, would think that this was great technology to use? Did you know anyone that's absolutely paranoid about election results and constantly calling them a fraud, not trusting them? What's that guy's name? I, I, I can't think of it. Oh, I think uh, I think he's our president. I think it's Trump, Trump something like that. But Donald yeah, he J. seems uh, yeah. very yeah, Donald Trump something like that. He seems very very you know hammering down the fact that hey, we need to make sure that election mm. results can be verified. So I think it's something that he would definitely be open to. Um, and it looks like you, you were pulling up a link that said uh, something about 2020 election. Is, is that correct? Yeah. So let so let's go back to what Daniel Larimer said last week. Trump yeah. advisors know about Block One. Everyone in DC wants to talk to us. But what do they want to talk to him about? What's the most logical thing that all of these people in the administration want to talk to him about? Well, a, a recent tweet from uh, October 2018, I'm going to read Donald, the real Donald Trump tweet right here for everyone. And you can figure out why people in his administration might want to talk to Block One, because this makes a lot of sense here. All levels of government and law enforcement are watching carefully for voter fraud, including uh, during early voting, cheat at your own peril, violators will be subject to maximal penalties, both civil and criminal, and that was leading up to the last election. And then just this morning, as I am preparing for this podcast, as I usually do, I'm doing my research, today, <laughs> Wednesday, whatever today's date is, April 3rd, <laughs> on the USA Today, headline, Trump tells Republican lawmakers to be more paranoid 
about how votes are counted in 2020. Wow. So we've got a paranoid president. We have verification that people in his inner circle, including Steve Bannon, who's directly tied the block one and Brendan and uh, Brock, all of these pieces, Peter Thiel, let's not forget him, all coming together. So I think this makes, makes logical sense. And I think connecting these dots, facts and evidence makes a whole lot of sense. What do you think about that, Rob? Yeah, I think so too. And there are very few things that the government in general, governments around the world do where I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Like I support that. And this is one, I think being paranoid about voting results, making sure that you know people's votes are actually being counted properly, that people aren't discovering a bunch of lost ballots and, and dumping them in when it you know suits their, their team best. I think that is all a good thing for freedom, for democracy, for the, the future of this country. So I'm glad to see it. You know, there are certain things you probably shouldn't be paranoid on, but I think this is one that you definitely should be paranoid about. So I hope it turns into something, whether it's, you know, just a parallel election that we can kind of test out and see in real time and maybe get people engaged, you know, through mobile voting, or if it actually gets integrated in some way, maybe not fully as, hey, the entire 2020 election is running on this. I think it's a little too soon for that, but maybe, you know, experimental parts of uh, the, the early voting mail-in ballot system will actually have a blockchain component or some kind of verifiable component running on EOSIO software as well. So this is awesome. I love that they're getting involved and really trying to change the world in significant ways that bring that trust back to systems that right now don't have any trust at all. It's very interesting you mentioned mail-in ballots there, Rob, because let's go back to the, the patent that Daniel Larimer is on for blockchain-based voting systems. So th- there, there's a couple companies who have recently cited this technology in their own patents. Uh, it was the, the most recent, or the second most recent one was just published on February 14th, 2019. Do you know what company it was, Rob? I know you do because the notes are in front of you, so I'll just answer it myself and I'll put yeah, it up on the screen. I'm just seeing it now. This is insane. The USPS, the United States Postal Service, the people that carry mail for the entire country, have now cited Dan's patent in their own patent. Is that what is that? Ugh, I can't even talk. This is so crazy. Is that what's <laughs> going on here? Potentially, the, the, these government ties run deep, and and people think it's bad. People are like, oh, why would you want to work with the U.S. government? Because transparency is everything. You don't have to yeah. trust anybody. You could see where every pencil that was bought through blockchain technology. You, you can't just force people to adopt all of the technology at once. You have to kind of ease your way in and, and start with small little wins, one at a time. And who, who is going to be against a parallel election that has, it's not gonna change the vote, it's not going to be the official results, but it's, it, it's just a test. And they couldn't do it in 2016. They ran out of time and they ran out of money and they're building it on BitShares, and now they have EOS IO. But additionally, they've got a lot more money to yeah. make this happen. So if you're going to run this test campaign, you'd probably want some volunteers or possibly even paid advocates at every single polling station in the United States to get people to volunteer to do this parallel election campaign through their cell phones. Do you think the EOS community would, would be up to something like that by the year 2020? Don't you think oh, if, 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 if they weren't, that people could be paid to do that for, for probably not a whole lot of money, they could be trained on it really easy. Uh, there's just a whole 100%. lot to I mean, this. It, 
if it comes out that block one in June says, hey, by the way, in the 2020 election, we're looking for volunteers to go out to, you know, the, the polling locations on election day when the 2020 presidential election happens and sign people up for this parallel election, you can bet I will be one of those volunteers out there signing people up, getting them on EOS. That is just exciting to me and, and a great use case for mass adoption of this technology. But I want to highlight one thing real quick. Under that United States Postal Service USPS thing, that the title of their actual patent that they're working on that they're citing Dan's is cryptographically tracked and secured vote by mail system. Mm -hmm. So this is something that they're working on, the actual February USPS. 14th. Wow. And love them or hate them, you know, we usually look at the USPS as this archaic company. They're constantly losing money. You know, they're losing letters that there's, even in, in my local town here uh, in Virginia, it's it's sort of a, a meme, you know, at least amongst my family. Oh, <laughs> did you drop the letter in the mail? 50% chance it's going to make it. But it's so good to see even these old, old companies that have been around for so long now embracing blockchain tech and experimenting with it in a way that can truly add that layer of transparency so that then... You know, if your cryptographically tracked and secured vote, which you're sending in by mail, does get lost, fortunately, it's on the blockchain. It's backed up. You don't have to worry about it. You know that your vote is going to count. So, so another interesting piece of all of this voting thing, and if we ran this parallel election, for the last year, more than a year, we've been doing this podcast, and the common theme of this narrative is this, this path towards mass adoption. And we've been getting there. The technology has caught up to all of the dreams and visions we've had since as far back as, as blockchain goes. Yeah. And only recently is everything possible. So, very, so this June, like we are expecting a few different things. We, we, we just talked about this election uh, stuff, voting stuff. This might be part of it. But we also could say with probably 99% certainty we're going to get either an app or a protocol called Mios. That's going to be a new social media platform with a data standard to, to kind of decentralize social media, allow everyone to own their data. And from everything that's been hinted and teased, they will have a unique identity solution that doesn't require a, a traditional KYC verification. It, it's probably done through a web of trust type of system of who you know and who you interact with. But Brendan Bloomer on Twitter for the last couple of weeks has been talking a lot more about different like KYC stuff and being unmasked and talking about how like there will be two Bitcoins, a dark pool and a light pool. So the, the path towards mass adoption is going to accelerate when Mios is launched because this, this wallet is probably gonna make it very easy. It's going to be on everyone's cell phones, especially with the iPhone X and with, with the new Samsung Galaxy phone. But additionally, so they'll have this like decentralized ID to verify that, that you're most likely who you say you are. You'll be able to bring all of your Facebook history with you, all of your Twitter history. But with this parallel election campaign, there's going to be a K like some sort of driver's license verification involved. So what that's going to do is everyone who votes in this parallel election, they're going to get an EOS IO wallet. It might not transfer value, but it can sign transactions hmm. and it's going to KYC them. So the next step from there is they just got to link that wallet to, to like their, 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 their value transfer wallet or their, their, their account that, that is more of a traditional use case of cryptocurrency that we know of today. So that's what I think is going to happen. How do we reach mass adoption? We, we work within the system that, that we're already living in and, and we blow it up from the inside. And that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, and so all these connections all tie together. Dan's been building out this technology since 2015. It's finally his time. He has the right team around him. He has the funding around him. And 
Brock Pierce, I, I think, is the glue that made this all possible from way back in May 2017, when all of this uh, Block One and EOS stuff came together. Brock Pierce was there to kind of make all these introductions to the team. And I just want to uh, give Brock a shout out. I also want to apologize and if I'm like giving away everyone's secrets. Uh, sorry, I, I saw public information. <laughs> sorry, Dan. Sorry, Brendan. Sorry, Brock for, for blowing up some of these surprises. But we're just super excited about them. And I want to play a clip from a couple weeks ago on Crypto Fees, which is another YouTube channel. I highly recommend you, you check it out. What do they call themselves? The, the Gang Gang over there? The Gang Gang? You're not a member of the Gang Gang? Come on. Shout out to the gang gang. I'll, I'll be in the gang gang. But I just want to—I just want to play Brock's response about what, what he knows about June and what what he's saying to expect. Um, are there? Do you know? Is there anything that you can drop about what Brandon and, and Daniel keep talking about June? Is there anything that you know that you can share with us that you know what I mean? So about some of the stuff they're teasing in the Telegram group. Um, I haven't been following all the messages closely. Saw the video, but. Um... Uh, yeah, I know a fair about what's fair amount about what's coming in June, but no, I can't uh, get into it. Okay. Other than say, my mind is blown. Okay. Uh, my mind go. is blown. I'm uh, incredibly excited. I will be in Washington D.C. June first for uh, uh, these announcements, and um, you know, it's. Uh, uh, I, I think that people will not be disappointed. I think it's, uh, it's the most, it'll be the most interesting thing I've seen done in the space. So uh, I would be, I would be uh, tuning in <laughs> if you have any interest in EOS uh, for that announcement and to the extent that you can be in DC for their event on June 1st, uh, uh, you know, and if you care, I'd try and be there. Definitely, definitely. Uh so we've heard it from Brock. We've heard it from Dan and Brendan, these little teases, these little hints of what they think is actually coming at this B1 June event, June 1st, Washington, DC. But I also had a chance to sit down with the SVK Crypto guys, Shane Kehoe and Charles Story from SVK Crypto in London. I was at their office last week, of course, as you saw on the podcast. But I asked them from their perspective as an EOSVC, part of that billion dollar DAP fund, what do they think is coming in June? And their answers were pretty interesting, among other things like tips for crypto investors from a VC perspective and so much more great chat on the Everything EOS channel now. So please go take a look and leave a thumbs up there as well. But one thing I want to mention for June as well, I think no matter how hard we dig, no matter how hard that Zach goes out there and does research, I still do believe that there will be surprises. I think Block One is out there. They've been working on so much. Surely they have a trick or two up their sleeves that nobody will be guessing or expecting coming June 1st. So I can't wait to see what happens. And I'm sure everybody out there has the same level of excitement as well. So. Zach, I think that's a good place to stop. You have anything to add before we I, close? I just want to repeat the quote from the beginning of the show because I don't think I read it out loud. The show, as we mentioned at the beginning, was dedicated to the Peter McCormick, uh, to Peter McCormick, and he said in his his quote is, "Eos is a crock of shit, and only a moron would build government services on it." Maybe Donald Trump is that moron. <laughs> That's awesome. All these tweets should be saved, should be archived. We'll see what it looks like a year from now. Maybe they are running a parallel election for 2020 the, the, on ESIO. These tweets are not going to age well at all. <laughs> RIP credibility to Peter McCormick. But like you said, Rob, I think this is a good spot to wrap up. So once again, I'm Zach Gall. I'm Rob Finch. And this is, is everything, everything EOS. EOS. And remember, boys... 
Goios! There it is. All right. Dude, I think we killed it. Yeah, that was great.